All right, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in to the second episode of the Ulefsky podcast. I want to thank you, everyone, for listening. And I want to give special thanks right now to Brendan Hufford for uh, joining me on this show. He basically likes to portray himself as a regular guy, a regular person, but has done a tremendous amount of things over the past years. I mean, he started off being a full-time high school assistant principal for two for two years. And then his when he left there, his journey sort of started from there. Everything from starting up two different blogs and then selling them recently. And we'll get into that. He started up a, a, clo- a jujitsu clothing brand. And now he's doing SEO for clients. And he's got another amazing side business as well. So in a nutshell... Brennan Hufford is a regular guy, but is doing amazing things. Brennan, let's talk about it. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm super psyched. I think the one first step that a lot of people sort of take is at some point, many people have had a regular job, whatever you want to say or call that in quotations. And your job that you left to start this amazing journey was a full-time high school assistant principal. And so you did that for like two years, right? Yeah. So I like every 18 year old that goes to college, they pretty much, you know, I I went to college in 1998 or I'm sorry, in 2002. So like I it's it's been a while, but I remember so vividly like sitting in the I got there early because I'd registered early and I got there early, like two weeks before all my peers. And they're like, all right, man, pick a major. And they handed you because this was in 2002, like they handed me this giant course catalog, like this giant book with all the different classes and majors in it. And I was like, well, crap, like, I like school. I guess I should be a teacher. And Mm. in retrospect, like, we don't even let 18-year-olds drink. Like, why are we letting them choose what they're going to be for the rest of their lives? Like, that's a whole, like, that's terrible. That decision of a major implies so much about your future. And I was not prepared at all for what I was deciding to do. Um, Luckily, it meshed really well with my skill sets. Like, I'm really loud and I'm outgoing and I like to think about things. Um, And I became a teacher and I did that for six years on my seventh year of teaching. I had just had my, so I have two sons, uh, they're four and one. The seventh year I was teaching, literally the first Wednesday of school, my assistant principal calls us into a meeting. She says, make sure you have your lesson plans done by Friday for next week. Make sure you're working on your curriculum maps and today's my last day. And we're all like, what? So she was moving (laughs) to another school and that means we had an open spot. Now, I had just had a baby. I needed money. My wife was staying home with him. Um, I was good. I was a really good, I'm still a really good teacher. But I was a really good teacher. So all my peers were like, all the other teachers were like, yeah, man, you should do it. Do it. Do it, bro. So I got like pushed into this thing. And I thought it would be really cool. And it was a nightmare. The job of managing people is completely different than doing the actual, like if you're a great designer or developer, it's a very different job developing a website, like being a backend developer and managing a team of backend developers. Totally different skill sets. I was not prepared to be an assistant principal. I had no mentorship, no training over those two years. It was a nightmare. I developed a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol during that time. It was like a total nightmare. I ended up going back to teaching for two years. So I left the assistant principal position, found a really good, healthy school to be at and taught for another two years before leaving education completely, which I did a couple months ago, actually. That's interesting because 
rather than you just saying, this is not for me, I need to start something on my own, you actually just realize it wasn't so much having a job that made you miserable or upset, put you through tough times. It was more about the idea that I'm not doing what I love. I'm just sort of managing people that are kind of doing what maybe what they like or what they don't like. So what was it that finally then made you leave education altogether? Sure. So it was conversation. I knew I needed to leave. But like most human beings, you get comfortable and you know the evils of what's going on right now versus like the potential. Like you don't know what might happen. So you just stay. It's the reason people stay in abusive relationships and things like that. Like they're just scared of change. Change is scarier than what's happening to me right now. So it was conversations with a lot of smart people that I consider to be mentors over a long period of time. Honestly, I knew in that first year, in my seventh year in education, that it was time to go. But I stayed for four more years after, you know, including that seventh year, four more years after that. And it was only after having really bad experiences looking at the future, like what does this look like five and 10 years down the road, including my side businesses, what's going to happen? And talking to really smart people, people like Jason Zook, uh, Justin Jackson, you know, talking to Justin Jackson, he explained to me and he has kids, he has a family who depend on him and all these different things. So he's in a very similar situation to me. He just said like, there's this kind of freedom ladder and like this kind of steps towards freedom of like, all right, you have a job and a side hustle, but what about if you got a job doing the same thing as your side hustle? All right, what if you got a remote job so it's a little more freedom? All right, what if you had your side hustle plus then you instead of doing the remote job, you worked as a consultant? And then like it's just these gradual steps that are much more manageable than like I'm a teacher with a side hustle and now I'm taking the entrepreneurial leap, which I think right. is like the dumbest like that's Anybody who says take the entrepreneurial leap and celebrates that, 100% of the time they are selling you some sort of product to help you do that. That's the scariest, most intimidating crap ever. And like, I don't advise anybody take the leap. Don't. It's stupid. Most people end up, because then you have the double failure, right? Of like, I quit my job and I tried to be an entrepreneur and it didn't work out. And now I need the money and my business isn't working. So now I have to go back to a day job and you feel like such a loot. Like, that's not the right way. You just need to, it's gradual. It's step by step over time. You don't make bad decisions in your business because you need the money, like all sorts of, like right now, for instance, and we'll get to more of like what I'm doing right now, but like I can fire clients. If a client sucks, I can say, thanks. This isn't a good fit. You know, best of luck to you. I don't need the money. And that's like, that's true freedom, right? And that's what I'm after for me and my family is, is freedom and security. Well, that's, yeah, that's, I completely agree. And I mean, that sort of concept, keep that topic keeps coming up all the time where people kind of have the idea that in order for me to give myself a true shot or a true opportunity at being an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call it, I need to drop this job. I need the full 40 hours or 60 hours a week. And it's just not the smartest thing to do. And other people will tell you the same. So you finally leave education altogether and you took the gradual route yeah, so you had side businesses happening at the same time. Did those side businesses then just become full time or you just worked on what what were the side businesses and, and what did you do to grow them? Sure. So starting back, I want to answer your last question too. What when did I like when was the moment? There were a lot like the, the issues with alcohol and stuff. And I'm very transparent about this because I know there's other people that are dealing with issues. Maybe like it's something more socially acceptable. Maybe they're just like binge eating and getting really unhealthy and like don't want to get out of bed in the morning. 
Like maybe they're doing that kind of stuff to cope with a life that they're not really happy about. Maybe it's alcohol, which is a little more socially acceptable, or maybe it's something like a little more, you know, socially unacceptable. You know, you're doing things that you wouldn't tell anybody about to cope with your life. And I think when I like really looked at what I was doing to avoid my life, like that was a really big red flag. And then I think (laughs) this last year of teaching, uh, when my assistant principal said he was docking my pay because I had to go to the bathroom and I wasn't on my door to receive students during a passing period. I was like, this is no way for a man to live. Like I'm a hunter and gatherer, you know, I'm not a coward. I'm not going to back down. And I just told him like, that's not in the handbook. That rule doesn't exist. You made it up just because you told me at a meeting once that that was a rule. It's not a rule. I didn't sign up for it. Like, you can't do it. And I was, like, prepared to, like, like burn the place down over it. Like, I was not pulling punches. I was talking to everybody I could. And he continued to, like, do stuff like that. And it's the way that that school got results out of teachers is by burning them out. Not many teach. I think the only people who would stay more than two years at that school were the leadership team and, like, the uh, grade-level leaders. Everybody else left. And that's what they did. And I'm like, I can't do this for 40 more years. This is not the thing. And I'm like, all right, time to take action. I talked to Justin. I talked to Jason. I talked to Pat Flynn and a bunch of other people that I think are really smart um, and that I have relationships with and decided to make this move. And I decided to make what I was doing as my side hustle, my full-time business. Now to trace the, I've given you like the career path so far and it comes together with the side hustle, but to give you the side hustle path as well, I loved Brazilian jiu-jitsu, absolutely in love with the martial art. I found myself on forums uh, constantly telling people what tournaments were coming up in Chicago, what jujitsu gyms to visit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I should just make a website for this. So I did. I found Pat Flynn. I learned how to set up WordPress and Pat Flynn of smartpassiveincome.com. I set up WordPress and made my my own little website about the local jujitsu scene here in Chicago, which is great. It's how you should start a project, right? It was based on needs and things like that. Some people were like asking me to do this. So I did it. I visited gyms. I made videos. It's all still out there. It was super fun. And eventually somebody emailed me and they're like, hey, we'll send you these shorts if you write about them on your website. I was like, I just got to write a blog post for free shorts? Of course. (laughs) So I did that. That was a thing, right? I didn't know. It was influencer marketing, but it was, who knows, like back in 2011, I, I didn't know about it yet. Right. So I ended up looking, I was like, all right, this guy's sending me shorts. He's selling 20 pairs of shorts and I'm getting one for free that costs him like 10 bucks. Maybe I should start my own review. I looked at like uh, photographers and all these different websites for camera and gear reviews and how they make money. I'm like, well, I need one for jujitsu stuff. So I made a jujitsu review website. And then I looked at, you know, all these companies were sending me uniforms now. So Alex, like a uh, jujitsu uniform costs 200 $250. They're very durable. They last a long time, but they're very expensive. And I had like 20 of these things. I don't have another good example. Like there's just a, a, a lower return on investment after you get like two of them. Right. Right. Two geese is awesome. 20 geese is like debilitating. You're like, what are you you're spending like 10 minutes deciding what you're going to wear to practice that night? Like it's the dumbest 
It's the dumbest thing. I, I ascribe to a very high level of minimalism in my life, like only more like essentialism, like let's just keep the important things. I don't need all of these. And I saw these companies would send me a free one and then make a, a ton of bank off the back end of me writing about it, making videos about it, etc. And I was like, I want to start my own brand. So I started my own apparel company and made my own geese. And that went great. And here was where this is the deciding moment for when I decided to stop that was I looked at what it would take to scale that to go full time. And it would take me sending giant checks, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 checks to factories in Pakistan and in China. Cause we don't have like, I would love to get them made in the USA. We just don't have the machines anymore. They were sent overseas a long time ago. Um, and I looked at what it was going to take and I was like, I can't afford to lose my home over some factory in Pakistan ripping me off. Right. Or maybe they, one of my buddies factories got flooded and they all walked away and he was like, what am I supposed to do? They're like, you can come here and get your stuff. It's all wet. And he can't like, he was from England. Like he's not going to like go to Pakistan and like start a fight with them over it. Like I'm sure not going to. So not that Pakistan's like a scary, dangerous place, but like it's very far. I'm certainly not going over there to start an argument with a factory owner. And like, yeah, so I just decided like this is not what I want. And my heart wasn't in it. I'd been ripped off by friends and there's been a lot of like, you know, I made some really stupid moves. I made a lot of promises to people on different things that like I ended up choosing my family over what I had promised the jujitsu community. You know, we had some family stuff come up and I'm like, screw it. I'm, I'm going to stick by my family. I can't fulfill my promises right now. And that turned it real sour. I ended up hating my passion. I don't train jujitsu anymore. I miss it. I love it. But like, I don't even train anymore. And it really wrecked that passion. I think a lot of people build these like passion businesses and it's a huge mistake. So I talked to those mentors and they were like, look, dude, just stop it either sell it or shut it down. And I'm like, you can, you can sell a business. I didn't even think about that. So I sold, ended up selling the jujitsu review website to one person, the apparel company to another person and just moved on, took a small break and was like, all right, look at who's like, whose business do I want? What is a real business to me? And I had tried, like, I've sold digital products. I've done webinars, courses, you know, all of the eBooks. I've done that a bunch of times. Um, and I didn't want that to be the business. Uh, so I looked at what Gary Vaynerchuk was doing. I'm like, he's got an agency. I should start an agency. I like the idea of it's hard. I like dealing with clients. I like getting punched in the teeth by a client who's like, you're not delivering. You need to start delivering or I'm not paying you anymore. Like, I like that. I get very... Like the the phrase I like to use is anti-fragile. Have you ever heard of that phrase, anti-fragile? Yeah, absolutely, I have. Yeah, so anti-fragile is just like the hydra, right? One head gets cut off, you actually get stronger under adversity. You're not just resilient, you're not just standing up to it, you're actually getting better. And that's like the way that I'm wired. So client services works great for me. And I was like, what am I good at? All right, I'm pretty good at social media marketing and email marketing content. I'm pretty good at SEO. Um, let me look at what's out there. And I looked at what's out there and I decided that I was going to focus on SEO for clients. And I started my own client business, um, had my own SEO clients. Fast forward to, or I guess rewind to just that last year of teaching. I was like, I can't do teaching the rest of my life. I've just sold my jujitsu stuff off. Um, I'm doing SEO client services. Let me see if I can get a marketing job. 
because I feel like that would set the flywheel of like, as I get better at my day job, I get better in my side hustle. And as I get better in my side hustle, I get better in my day job. And it just, I get better all around. And I ended up taking a position at a really awesome agency here in Chicago uh, as their SEO specialist. So I get to work at the agency and do really big brand SEO, which is really cool and fun. And then I get to keep my own clients kind of on the side as well. And it's it's literally the best thing ever in my whole life, other than that's like a- my God, my kids and my family. It's it's amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a true win win type of situation. It looks like you've gone through such a a path that maybe can seem like it's it's messy to some people, but you've made a lot of smart decisions and everything was sort of strategic in terms of how you gradually went into each step and chapter of your life. Definitely. It's always been super intentional uh, and a lot of like, I just happen to be blessed to be like a very introspective person. I'm constantly thinking, why am I doing this? How am I liking this? Why are other people doing what they're doing? Things like that. Um, I'm good with empathy. So with things like that, like it's always been very, very intentional, even when things fail, which was really hard. That was really hard for me. Like it took a lot of help from like mentors and family for me to let go that the jujitsu company that I'd put all those years into was not going to be the thing. Right. So right now so currently what what is it that you have going on right now so you you're still with the so you have you're in the awesome marketing uh and design agency where you are doing seo for the big brand clients and you've also got your own side hustle of your client your own seo clients as well and what else do you have going on so i've paused my podcast entrepreneurs and coffee it was great for sharing my story uh, i like sharing my story right now on my youtube channel i make their vlogs i guess they're just like weekly uploads of what's going on in my business things i've learned stuff like that um i enjoy being creative that's kind of a creative outlet so i have the youtube channel to share kind of uh the documentation of what i'm doing and then i also have a website called photo mba kind of mastering the business of photography. Um, Most of my clients, well, not most, maybe like half of my clients are photographers, my SEO clients. But I wanted a place for people to get like free access to what I had to teach. And it's also kind of like a marketing end of that, right? People read, they know that they recognize that I'm an expert in the space and then they'll hire me. Do you have a plan for like the next year? I mean, so much has changed for you over the years. Do you have new goals or... Where do you see yourself sort of expanding to in the next year? What do you see yourself doing? So what's cool about working at an agency is I get to see how an agency works. And I took a position at an agency that I like actually wanted to work at, right? A lot of times people lie in interviews and they're like, I just need a job. Like, <laughs> let me just say whatever I think this person wants to hear so I can get this job. And I actually went in and I'm like, this is how I feel. I have strong feelings about a lot of things. And this is how I feel. If it's a fit, great. If it's not, that's fine. And they were like, no, like that. Like they hired me. So I really like working there. I work with people for the first time in my life. And this is arrogant. I know I'm going to say that before I I tell you what I'm about to say. But like, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are smarter than I am. I think there's a lot of people that are as smart as me, right? There's a lot of people I'm on equal ground with. I just think that there's not a lot of people that I talk to that are like, wow, that person's on a different level than I am. And at this agency, there's a lot of people at this agency that I'm like, okay, that person's really smart. I think they're smarter than me. I want to learn from them. And I have that like humility and respect to kind of balance out the arrogance of the other end. Um, so I don't, in the next year, I just hope to be able to continue doing what I'm doing. I love this. I make great money. I have a lot of freedom. I get to do stuff like this. I get to 
you know, do really good work at work, do really great work for my clients, my family, super happy. Um, it literally checks all of the boxes. I don't see any reason to stop and go full time other than that lie of like, you need this freedom. Like, is it really freedom? Is it really freedom when you're so freaked out about losing a client because you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage or get your kids braces? Like, is that freedom or is it more freedom to love your train ride home, you know, or to work and home every day because you have Wi-Fi and it's a clean train and it gets it lets off right outside of your office and like you love where you work and the people you work with. I think that's more freedom. So I think a lot of times people see entrepreneurship as the escape when maybe you just need a better career. Right. Yeah. You know what, Brennan? Honestly, before I just give you a chance to let people know how they how they can best contact you um, or reach out to you, I just want to say one thing personally. What really actually has inspired me um, about your story and about this interview altogether is, for me, I always hear about people having a clear passion or a clear single skill. Like I was a programmer, or I loved design, or I loved this, and they kind of just went with that throughout their whole life. Where for you, it's just a matter of doing different things, things that you loved at the time, then maybe you stopped loving or things you had interest in, things you were good at. And eventually, gradually, all these steps actually got you to, it wasn't a clear pattern, but at the same time, you made smart choices and decisions that got you to a place where right now you're happy and you have that freedom. So that just sort of gives, you know, people out there that maybe don't have a clear pattern in terms of what is it that I'm passionate about or I should be doing or that I'm really good at. If you don't know that right now, there may be certain experiences that will get you to that point and hopefully to a certain place that you're at right now. So, Brendan, really, I appreciate for sharing your story. And if you want to get in contact with you or reach out to you or learn about your business, what's the best way? And of course, I'll have links and whatnot in the show notes as well. Sure. I think really quick, the so just on what you said, I was doing a panel not too long ago uh, here in Chicago and... One of the things somebody asked about is like failure and making decisions. And I think it's really easy for me to look back and see how teaching and starting that first business and all of these, like how everything has led me here perfectly. But the problem is, and it's like a Steve Jobs quote, I'm not going to butcher it, but like you can only see that stuff looking back and you can never see it looking forward. So people are like, I need to try to map out where I want to be in the future. And it's like, no. Like not always, like I get like have a plan, but be willing to change that plan. Every I have a year long plan and that year long plan, it's mapped out in Google Sheets because I'm a nerd. Uh, that thing's changed like 20 times this year. It's okay, right? Like you just move and adapt based on what you have. But having the plan, the idea of having a plan uh, is the work, right? That's where the value is. It's not the value of sticking to a plan always. It's just having one and being intentional about what you're doing. And because you can only see that stuff looking backwards, I think people get discouraged. But we have this ethos at uh, Click Studios, the, a- the agency I work at, called Build Something. Like, I think that's one of the reasons that I was able to take a position there is because I'd already built something on my own. I think whenever you're feeling like lost or confused, like make something, make a website, make like, you know, get a sale, make a client, like make a product, like do something. It's easier to turn a moving vehicle than one that's sitting in park. So get out there and actually like put yourself out there and make something. I think that's the reason I've had success. You know, I'm I just be an action taker, uh, even if it's not always the right or most perfect action. There never is a right action. Right. Um, as far as like people finding me. If you want to hear me uh, talk crazy and yell about politics, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Hufford. I don't recommend it. <laughs> um <laughs> 
if you want a more civil Brendan, uh, you can probably, I don't know, I've uninstalled Instagram off my phone just because it was taking up a lot of my time. I was making a lot of stories and spending more time living through my phone than living my actual life. Um, but Instagram is a cool place. I'm the Brendan Hufford on Instagram because some coward took Brendan Hufford already before I could get it. Um, How does that happen? How does that happen? I don't know. They, I was late. I had an Android at the time. I didn't have Instagram yet. Um, yeah, I mean, the best place to follow me, honestly, here's the best place to follow me. Go on YouTube, look up my name, uh, or go to brendanhufford.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can keep up with like, like literally watch like behind the curtain, behind the scenes, see exactly what I'm doing in my life and in my business. Ask me questions. I'll answer them either in the newsletter or on my YouTube channel. Like that's the best way to do it. So I would, yeah, brendanhufford.com slash newsletter. If you want to check out the photography stuff and see like what I'm putting out there, maybe you can model it in your own business or if you're a photographer, it might be of real value for you. You can find that at photomba.net. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Brendan. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing all that. And honestly, I just want to reiterate that last thing that you said. If at all, anyone out there, if you're ever feeling lost in terms of what you should be doing or where you should be going, just do something. Sometimes the answer is in the action. So thank you so much, Brendan. I appreciate that. I hope we, got, we can have another conversation in the future soon. And thank you for everyone for, for listening. Thanks again, Brendan. Thanks. Thanks.